It's study time, y'all. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi. Let's get you learning and taking action. I'm super excited about today's podcast episode because uh, I have a list of podcast topics. It might be like 30 items long. And I noodle on podcast topics, and once a week, uh, I'll go through my list, and I'll select one, and that's what the week's podcast is going to be on. Well, the podcast topic this week has been on my list for a good few months at a minimum, Uh, but and so I was going to do it eventually, but then earlier this week, Black Rain 79 released an article called, If I Had to Start Poker Again, five pieces of advice. And that's exactly what I've been wanting to to do as a podcast episode for a really long time. So I really liked this article when I read it and I asked Black Rain, Nathan Williams, uh, aka Black Rain 79, I asked him if I can read the article on the podcast and hey, he allows it. So awesome. I get to share with you a great piece of content. I'm really hoping it will help you out. Um, I highly recommend that you go to blackrain79.com and check out this article for yourself. If you go on the day that this podcast release, I believe it's still at the top of his homepage. But if not, the article is called, If I Had to Start Poker Again, Five Pieces of Advice. You can easily find it uh, on his website or if you go to the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com slash again. Once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash start poker again. There's a link right there that's going to take you directly to this article. And what I highly recommend is that you go to the article or just go to blackrain79.com and in the sidebar of his homepage, you can get his free poker cheat sheet right there. You've got to get that. It's going to really help you out, play some better poker. But at the same time, you're going to sign up for his email newsletter. And that's how I got word of this five pieces of advice article. Okay, that's enough from me. Let's get to BlackRain79.com and the five pieces of advice he'd give himself if he had to start poker again. Gambate! Bob, in all my years of calling games, I don't think I've ever been this excited. You're excited? Feel these nipples! If I had to start poker again, five pieces of advice. This article was written by BlackRain79.com contributor Fran Ferlin. If I could start poker all over again, I'd repeat all the mistakes, but I'd do it much sooner. The fact is, the best experience comes from mistakes, and sadly, usually from our own. It would be much better if we could learn from other people's mistakes. With that in mind, here are the top five pieces of advice I would have given to my younger self at the beginning of my poker journey. First piece of advice, you don't have it all figured out. This is something I advise aspiring poker players to repeat to themselves, regardless of where they are at their poker journey, but especially at the beginning. Poker's deceptively simple, and it doesn't take long to transition from a totally clueless fish to a decent winner, especially at the lower stakes. But there is something deeply pernicious and dangerous if you happen to run well in the beginning of your journey. It's easy to assume you have some innate talent, a card sense, or whatever you want to call it, when in reality you just didn't get tested by negative variants, or you didn't go toe-to-toe against actually skilled competition. 
odds are you aren't quite able to differentiate differentiate between your skill edge and positive variance. And you're too quick to ascribe positive results to your superior skills and negative results to other players just getting lucky against you. In other words, you don't even know what you don't know, and this makes further improvement virtually impossible. You don't even feel like you need improving, because you're crushing the game beyond belief after all. You think it's just a matter of time before you're playing high stakes and retiring early with your poker winnings. Until your first serious downswing, that is. But since you've been killing it for a while, you don't think much of it, because you know variance is a thing, and you think it's just temporary. So you wait for the next upswing, and you believe you're owed one, but it never seems to happen. You start to get frustrated, jump up the stakes, play outside your bankroll, chase your losses, and so on. Yet it never occurs to you that you might be, in fact, getting outplayed. You already know everything there is to know. You've watched a bunch of YouTube videos, read a ton of articles, maybe even a book or two. You're way better than the rest of the degenerate gamblers you're playing against, so why the hell aren't you making bank? The short answer is, you're not as good as you think you are. You might have read a couple of articles here and there, but guess what? So did everyone else. And this may also be a shocker, but people are not too keen on giving their money away, even when playing cards. Poker's incredibly competitive, and to truly get ahead, knowing the fundamental winning strategy is only the beginning of the journey, not the end. So never be quick to assume you have it all figured out, because chances are, you don't. Piece of advice number two, you probably won't get rich playing poker. The prospect of becoming a full-time poker pro may seem very enticing to a lot of people. Being your own boss, setting your own hours, and being able to travel the world seems as close to a perfect job there is. Not to mention you get to do something you actually enjoy doing instead of wilting away at some soulless corporate job. It's definitely the case that being a professional poker player offers a level of freedom that's just not feasible for most other day jobs. But that's not to say that it's without its challenges. In fact, it's actually way harder to make a comfortable living playing cards than in your average 9-to-5, and most do not get rich either, as Nathan discussed in a recent video, and you can see the video embedded directly in the article right here. Getting back to the article, that's because you only have yourself to rely on, and you don't have any immediate pressure of getting fired if you don't show up to work. There are no pre-designed systems that compel you to show up at the office day in and day out, There's also no guarantee of a paycheck at the end of the month. How much you earn depends entirely on the amount of effort you put in. And even then, you're still not guaranteed to win, because variance plays a significant role in determining your short-term results. This means that there will be periods where you will actually lose money, even if you do everything right. Imagine toiling away in the office for 8 hours every day, and then showing up at the end of the month to have your boss say to you that you owe him a thousand bucks for the pleasure of sitting in a cubicle. You wouldn't be too thrilled about it, to say the least. Playing poker is kind of the same way, so developing a thick skin is just one of the many prerequisites to actually succeed in it over the long term. Not only do you need a monk-like patience, you also need some sort of a safety net for the times you won't earn any money, or worse yet, lose some. So if you're already living paycheck to paycheck, you might want to reconsider going pro. 
Now, I don't want to go too deep here about what it actually takes to be a full-time poker pro, as this article is becoming too doom and gloom as it is. The struggles of playing poker professionally could easily fill up an article of its own, or a full book for that matter. Suffice it to say that playing cards professionally just isn't a viable option for the vast majority of people, let alone getting rich from it. This doesn't mean you can't actually make good money playing poker, or even turn it into a profitable side hustle. But most people would still be better off keeping their day job. If getting filthy rich is your primary concern, though, there are far easier and less stressful ways to go about it. Piece of advice number three. It's okay to make mistakes, sometimes when playing poker. One of my biggest mental game issues was, and it still is, getting frustrated with my own mistakes. While the never-ending coolers and suckouts are annoying as hell, they're an integral part of poker, and at the end of the day, there's not much you can really do about it but take it in stride. You can't really control what cards are dealt to you, so it doesn't make sense to get angry about it. It's like getting angry because the rain's falling. What's the point? Avoiding making mistakes, however, is something that actually is within your control, at least theoretically. So if you have some perfectionist tendencies, it's quite natural to get upset about it, especially when the mistakes seem so glaringly obvious in hindsight. For example, maybe you made a bad call versus a big river bet, when you should have known better. Of course, the type player's never bluffing. You also might get the feeling that every mistake you make is another step backward that puts you further away from your poker goals. It destroys your win rate and your confidence along with it, because every mistake negates all the good plays you've made before. And it takes you longer to just get back to where you were. Poker is a never-ending swing of ups and downs, and when the mistakes keep compiling, the downs seem to go on forever. It makes you feel like you're spinning in circles without making any meaningful progress. If all this hits too close to home, here's the silver lining. If you've ever felt like this about your game, it's actually a good thing. Mistakes are a natural part of the learning process. If you never make any mistakes, it doesn't make you a genius. It just means you're not learning and you're never trying anything new. And that is a mistake in and of itself. If you're aware of your mistakes, it means you're expanding your circle of competence. You're moving beyond what you already know and are becoming aware of where your knowledge might be lacking. If you don't even know you're making mistakes, you can't expect to correct them by definition. A mistake is only a mistake if you don't learn from it. Piece of advice number four, progress is more important than money, especially in the beginning. If you're anything like me, you're probably attracted to poker for the prospect of making an easy buck. Sure, you might enjoy the game well enough, but you'd probably enjoy doing other things a lot more, like playing video games, watching a football game, and so on. The problem is, those other activities don't offer any monetary incentive to do them. So, with poker, you get the best of both worlds. You get to do something you enjoy and make money while doing it. At least, that's how I figured it's going to play out. So I started putting in an insane amount of volume while mass multi-tabling online. I figured I'm beating my current limit, so all I need to do is put in enough volume, build my bankroll, climb up the stakes, rinse and repeat. Aside from the fact that I thought I had it all figured out, this line of thinking proved to be insanely naive in retrospect. 
Climbing the stakes is not only difficult in and of itself, as you'll encounter more difficult opposition, but building a bankroll to do so is not a linear process either. It's more of a one-step-forward-and-two-steps-back kind of process, so I kept focusing on putting in the hours of playtime while completely disregarding the studying. After all, I'm beating my current limit, so what's there to learn anyway? Then I'd climb the stakes, only to lose my hard-earned bankroll and having to go to lower limits and grind it out again, rinse and repeat. It took me a couple of orbits like these to realize that A, I'm not as great a poker player as I thought, and B, I was overly focused on the end goal, uh, for example, just earning a certain amount of money. Therefore, I completely disregarded what I actually needed to do to get there, like study to fix my leaks and improve my game. So if you feel like you're spinning in circles without actually going anywhere, you might be aiming at the wrong goal. Winning money, playing poker is great, but it comes as a byproduct of improving your game. Working on becoming the kind of person that can actually make money playing cards is far more rewarding than the money itself. And piece of advice number five, just have fun even when you're losing. Anyone who's played poker for some time knows it can be an unbelievably punishing game. The bad beats never end, the deck goes cold for days and weeks, and your flush draws never seem to complete. It can be emotionally and mentally challenging even at the best of times, and it's no wonder very few people can actually win big over the long run. But at the end of the day, it's not all about the money. Like I said, there are far easier and less stressful ways to make money than playing cards. The fact that we're so overly focused on the end result of making money is what makes poker more stressful than it should be. This is why you should in fact never be results-oriented in poker. It's just going to cause misery. On the contrary, there's nothing wrong with playing poker just for fun. In fact, that's why most people start playing the game in the first place. People do things for a number of different reasons, money being just one of them. Some people like the social aspect of poker. Others. Play it because it's intellectually challenging. Others just like the thrill of gambling. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of these per se. Whatever your motivation for playing poker might be, the point is this. Enjoy what you're doing. Even on those awful losing days where nothing seems to be working for you, have fun doing it or don't do it at all. There's really no point in staying at the tables if it's just causing you frustration and heartache. Winning or losing, playing poker is supposed to be fun. If it's causing strains or it interferes in some negative way with your personal life, it's not worth it. The fact that you're actually able to play poker in the first place should make you feel incredibly grateful. It means you have enough disposable income and free time to do something you enjoy doing and even make money from time to time. When you look at the big picture, it's nothing short of a miracle. It sounds weird framing it this way, but yes, feel grateful the next time a fish sucks out on you because A, you have a fish on your table, and B, you're able to afford losing money playing cards. So smile and have some fun. If you can't do that, go do something else. The games will always be there tomorrow. Alright, so that's the article from Fran Ferlin, contributor to BlackRain79.com. I hope you enjoyed it, and I I agree with all five of those pieces of advice. But for myself, I want to add a sixth one right here, and this is something I, I truly do wish I knew from the beginning. And that is that action is the greatest teacher. 
I did so much video watching and podcast learning and article reading um, and course taking in poker in the beginning. And I would just consume content day after day after day, hour after hour, right? But I wasn't putting any of it into practice. And that's one of the big reasons why I always give you, not always, but most of the time I give you an action step to take with every podcast, article, book, chapter, video and stuff, because I really feel that the only way that you're going to learn is by practicing what you do learn, right? I can give you 17 um, uh, different strategies right now for better three betting from the blinds, from the button, from the cutoff, all that stuff, right? 17 things. But if you do not practice a single one, all the, however I teach you uh, via video, written word, or audio, that's just all going to go in one eyeball and out the other, in one ear and out the other, and it's just not going to sink in, right? Like I said, action's the greatest teacher. So from this point forward in your poker journey, I don't care if you're just starting out or you've been doing this for 22 years, practice what you learn. That is how you're going to improve. And if there was one thing, only one thing I could go back in time and teach myself or tell myself, uh, that would be it. And speaking about the start of an online poker journey, I have to thank some incredible poker peeps who purchased the online poker first steps course from me. Victor Cyril, Kevin Lilly, Braden, Walt Hauser, Landon, Adam Hayes, Ray Springer, and Patrick Keveny. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash online poker first steps course. That's one word, online poker first steps course. This course is all about helping you to have more fun and earn more online poker profits with effective strategies for playing and also 35 action steps that force you to take action and turn yourself into the player that you want to be. There's 13 videos and two and a half hours of instruction. For anybody who wants to start their poker journey over from scratch, or if this is actually the start of your online journey, the Online Poker First Steps course is exactly what you need. So once again, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash online poker first steps course. Alrighty, poker peeps, your learning isn't complete until you visit BlackRain79's website. Uh, oh, it's exactly that, BlackRain79.com. You've got to go there, hit the sidebar, get that free poker cheat sheet. Super useful. By doing that, you're going to sign up for Nathan Williams' uh, weekly newsletter where he sends out uh, you know, his new articles to you and his new videos as well. Really good guy. Nathan Williams knows his stuff. I've interviewed him in the podcast before. Really like this guy. Really like his content. And one last thing, my other podcast called Daily Poker Tips, that's available wherever you listen to podcasts. To subscribe, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash daily poker tips for a fresh tip every day. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.